The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Black Mental Matters, episode number 32. I'm Vince The Voice, along with Makiba Reed Johnson, and we are on that grind, eradicating that stigma as it relates to mental health in the black community. Again, we hope and pray during this time that everything is okay for you and yours. We ask and say, hey, stay home right now. This ain't the time to be brave out there. It's going to be all right. Just hang in there. Sometimes, you know, things like this makes us even better on the other side. In fact, I know that this will. And that's what this program is about today. Going to title this one, uh, Making Lemons Out of Lemonade or Turning Your Loss into Love. And we're going to talk to a fine woman, Miss Kathy Williams, who took the tragedy of losing her son to now work to help local communities understand depression and come to grips with the tragedy of suicide. So we hope this is a blessing for you. We thank so much for Kathy. And let's get started right now. It's Black Mental Matters. That's right. Starts right now. Once again, it is the show that everybody, the podcast everybody talking about is Black Mental Matters with Vince the Voice and Makiba Reed Johnson. Makiba. <laughs> Did you hear the, the crowd went crazy again? <laughs> it's amazing. Every time we come together, Makiba, the crowd goes crazy. I'm telling you, because we've got so much great information to put out there. Folks are loving it. Thank you. Yeah, so much, so much. So it's great to uh, uh, be with you again. And uh, yeah, we, we're still rolling through this, you know, and keeping our, trying to stay as uh, positive as possible during uh, unprecedented times. You know what I'm saying? This has just been crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and there's no template to follow. So mm-hmm. this is just brand new to everybody. So everybody's just trying to figure this out as we go along. So having this type of platform to bring people together to talk things out and to listen, this is really helpful. Yes, yes. And so, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've, we've really, I feel so uh, privileged uh, when, you know, we've had some great uh, interviews with therapists and, and folks from all over the country and uh, just mm-hmm. giving us, you know, great advice and things, ways to work with this. And that's, again, why we started this whole thing, Black Mental Matters, where we, we talk about clinical, but they're just, how, how do you just make it through life, you know, being a black person here in America? That's right. That's right. There's all the hardships and the challenges that just come with that you uh i mean uh, you're my therapist uh, <laughs> just let everybody know and when you give Aww. when you give some of those examples and and you know from the knowledge that you've gathered uh, uh from your studies um it, it's just amazing and when put into practice that that's the hard thing because a lot of times you can hear something and it's, it sounds so good but to put it in practice is a whole other story right right and to put it in practice in a manner in which you can then, after you've learned from it, 
to try to explain it to someone else uh-huh. and to try to help the next person. That's yeah, that you're right, absolutely right. Knowing it and doing it are, are two different things. Two totally different things. And that's why uh, uh, this program today uh, is so special. And it, it really, really touches my heart. We're going to be talking. In fact, she's, she's here with us now. Why don't we just go ahead and bring her in? It's uh, Miss uh, H. Kathy S. Williams. She's a retired educator, worked 31 years in school, wife, mother, and an advocate. She is the, uh, the founder of a program, Awareness uh, Presentation on Identifying Depression, Suicide Prevention. It's entitled Breaking the Silence. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Miss H. Kathy S. Williams. Kathy, how you doing? I'm doing great this afternoon, Vince and Makiba. And thank you all so much for having me on your podcast today. Well, it is truly you, our Kathy. honor. Yeah, it is our honor. And you do a lot, uh, Kathy. Let me see. Uh, we, uh, you work with the uh, uh, a coma project uh your member mm-hmm. advisory board been featured on podcasts and then you're joining us here today doing numerous uh, trainings and mental health awareness and, and but but you are not a mental health therapist but you're on the front lines huh i can say so i've i, I had an experience that and, and i say this i said it was, it was lemons to me at the time mm-hmm. but i've turned it to lemonade so I said, "This is how we may turn lemons into lemonade." Yeah. So let's let's <laughs> let's, let's start uh, let, let's start where where we begin, uh, uh, Kathy, as as how you got involved with this whole mental health and uh, breaking the silence, identifying depression, suicide prevention. We want to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, if I could, can start uh, Vince and Makiba by just reciting uh, this poem, if that would be okay with you. Sure. All. Sure. Of course. And, and the poem is, uh, you know, part of me is Carolina Blue, full of flavor and excitement, like a wild roller coaster on the loose. But at times, I'm mean, dark, lonely, black, like a lost dog in the desert. Yet they are both true, and they are both new. That poem was written by this fine young man, 15 years old, ninth grader, very well liked, played sports, basketball, football, could play that saxophone almost as well as Kenny G. Mm. Loved everybody, fun-loving, handsome, tall, stood about six feet, three or something like that. And we all looked at him and said, you know, he's got a good life. He was looking at going to college and what he was going to do and just had his life together. Functional family, everything. Just had everything going. Staying in the church choir, led songs. And on July 13th, 1996, he chose to take his life. Mm -hmm. And that was my son. His name was Torian Leandris Gray. Mm -hmm. So this and Makiba, this is why I do what I do. And at that time, I prayed, you know, because we didn't know anything. You know, what in the world happened? Why did this happen? Why didn't we see? Why didn't we know? Who did he tell? Mm-hmm. And I remember just praying and praying and praying to God to give me an answer. And at that time, I was uh, teaching fifth grade. And uh, our school system had just started. They were having their very first uh suicide intervention training, which was offered to the counselors and 
the mental health people in the school and social worker. And, of course, I, I wanted to go. And there was a counselor at my school that said, I don't want to go. I said, well, maybe I can go in your place. <laughs> and I asked, and that was when that door opened mm-hmm. to find out really what happened to my child. It was nothing for God. I'm going to open this door so I can let you know what was going on. And when I went to the training and the presenter was 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 talking about the signs and symptoms, and, and, they, and they were on a sheet of paper and he was going through them, Mm-hmm. I started checking them off. I said, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw that. And then I checked off, and they, and he was saying out of all of these symptoms, if a person is experiencing five or more, sort of like in a cluster all going on at one time, that person is more than likely may be depressed and may need to seek help. I checked more than five that were going on with Torian at that time. But for me, I didn't know those signs and symptoms. And I was thinking typical teenage behavior. Mm. So after that, and I think even before I went to the training, I was still trying to see what I could do to help the the students at at his school and those that he put around. So there was a program that was called, I don't know if you all have heard of it, the Yellow Ribbon program that was started in Colorado about a couple of years. I do remember years. that. Yes, I okay. do remember mm-hmm. Well, Well, I, I, I started that program here in general uh, wow. at, at the school and did, still didn't know what I know now. I just said, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So the school system allowed me to go into his school and just give those cards to uh, all the students. And I talked to the students who were in the van because those were his best friends. And started from there, and I think I went through the suicide intervention training that following January in 97. And after that, I started going to training and then presenting just my story and just what I had learned from training to help others. Just being able to identify the signs and symptoms and not just always thinking it's typical teenage behavior. And, you know, having students to speak out and, and finding someone to talk with. So that's how I got, that's, that's how I got started. And that's been, that was 96, wow. 96. Wow. Can you talk so, about those, uh, what were those signs, those that, yeah, that, that, that parents, I, and all of us need to be aware of, that you right, became aware right. of? Okay. And I'll start off with some that I saw in Torian thinking typical teenage behavior. One of them was irritability. Mm. Um, for an example, in the morning, and I remember taking him to school, and he was kind of irritable. Even if I was in there, I wasn't. His school was on the right hand side, but if I went in the right lane, it looked almost like he would get irritable. Mama, move over. Mm. You need to be in other. And I was like, Well, why are you so irritable? You didn't sleep well last night. Were you on the phone talking to your girlfriend for a long time or something? Didn't get enough sleep. But irritability is one. Hmm. And we think in typical teenage behavior sometimes. Um, Another was uh, we kind of saw a change in his eating habits. Hmm. Uh, You know, teenage boys eat. I mean, they eat almost constantly. Well, we kind of saw that he wasn't eating, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking that much about that. You know, just Hmm. not hungry. Another was uh, uh, he loved to play basketball. And at one time, he didn't want to go outside and play basketball. Mm-hmm. I was like, boy, you better get You usually want to go out there with, with the other guys in the neighborhood and play basketball. So losing interest in things that were once of interest to them. So 
That's another thing. Uh, he was already thin, so I didn't see any weight gain or weight loss or anything like that. I don't think he slept well. I really don't. Uh, so loss of sleep could be another one. Um, and, you know, sometimes in teenagers and younger children, you don't see the sadness like you might see mm-hmm. in adults with depression because they wear that mask mm-hmm. and they don't want others to see what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe he may have been sad sometimes because he did write another uh, an essay. The, uh, uh, Torian's father was killed in an automobile accident oh. uh, when he was about six years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember him I didn't find it to the, the essay until after, you know, he was gone. But he had written an essay that uh, talked about, you know, the day that he lost his father. And, you know, yeah. he just went through everything that happened. But at the very end, he said, I didn't know what death was then. Now I do. Mm-hmm. He got an A on that on mm-hmm. that paper. Mm-hmm. So, I, so another is. Their, their writings may show it a little bit, mm-hmm. or their drawings may show it. And mm-hmm. even the poem that I that I um, that he wrote, he had it, and it was it was from a poetry book where he was, had to write poetry in school. The top part of the poem was colored, Carolina blue, blue, and the bottom was colored gray. So that that right there that you know I'm feeling two different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know which way I'm feeling, but right. I'm blue. I'm up sometimes and I'm down. Um, mm-hmm. Some of those other signs may be a drop in grade. Of course, I didn't see his grades drop, but that that's another sign that we sometimes see in, in our teenagers. He seemed to be taking really good care of himself, uh, but another is just not their grooming may change. They may not feel like fab, may not feel like combing their hair or dressing up like they normally would do. I didn't see that in him, but that is another sign where you they, their appearance will change, their grooming will, tra- will change sometimes. Uh, I say the moody, the irritability, the not eating, the not sleeping, that kind of thing. The, the loss of pleasure and things that were more pleasurable for them, the dropping grades. And you'll really see that a lot of times in in teenagers. And I was a high school counselor. And a lot of times mm-hmm. those grades would drop. You know, you, you have a child who's an AP student and they all drop to DL. That, that's something may be going on there. Right. The isolation, not wanting to be around others, is another. Mm-hmm. We're talking to uh, Miss H. Kathy S. Williams. This is Black Mental Matters, and um, Kathy has uh, dedicated her time and life now to working with local communities, understand depression, come to grips with the tragedy of suicide. We thank her so much for being here, Makiba. I know you got a question for Kathy. Yes, yes. Well, first, I just wanted to tell you, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing that poem. Yes, with us. I mean that 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 really hit me hard. Um, I had to take a second to kind of recover from that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and, and I just want, I'm just thinking about everything that you put out there and just, you know, with, with suicide right now being the second leading cause of death for teens over the last, I think it's been about 20 years. It, it's interesting that suicide rates have decreased for all ethnic groups except, except. African-Americans. Mm. And right. And, and so that's why this, it's so important that you're using this, you know, using the tragic, things that happened with you and your son and your family as a, a platform for you to start talking about this because the issue with our community is that there there's a stigma and a covering up of, of this and just we and there's no finger pointing there's no blaming just culturally we've we've been through so much we yeah. just have not had an opportunity for 
introspection and self-reflection and having conversations about mental health and with depression and anxiety and all the things that teenagers go through. And I think it's really interesting, all the things that you listed, you know, loss of sleep, sadness, you know, declining grade, this is normal, what we think as typical teenage behavior. Yeah. You know, so so thank you so much for putting that out there. I also just wanted just to put out there too just what a lot of people think suicide is when we have a conversation of, you know, we lost a person by suicide or someone's family member or loved one died by suicide. It it's been stated this person quote unquote killed themselves and we're we're trying to get away from that language because it's very misleading because when a person is having suicidal ideation and thought that person and this is the example I try to give to people so they can kind of understand what that person is going through and what it is is that it's a feeling of despair as if that person is in a burning smoke-filled room gasping for air feeling the heat of the fire and there's an escape hatch and they're just trying to get through the escape hatch so they don't feel the pain of, of what they're feeling. So there's not this thing of this person do something violent to themselves because that makes it difficult to talk about. So thank yes. you so much for having this conversation with us, opening up this dialogue. And I did want to ask you with that list of things that you you know, have, have given us as, as far as the, the telltale signs, what in your training have you been told are the ways that once you see these things, what are the steps of action that you can start taking as a parent or as a family member? Mm. Well, it is okay to to ask your teenager, and, and even if they don't want to talk to you, they need to talk to somebody. So be open with their feelings and talk about it. It is okay to talk about what you're feeling or what you may be going through. And and I and I would tell parents, if they don't want to talk to you, because, you know, sometimes our teenagers do not want to talk to us because we want to fix everything right yes. then. Or yes. say, baby, you know you don't feel that way. We don't feel like that. So find somebody that you trust that you can talk to and help you uh, through this. We also say to parents, if you see these signs and they are in a cluster, at least five, going on for more than two weeks, Please try to seek help mm. for your child. Yes. Please, please try to seek help because it, it will only only get worse a lot of times. Um, nothing wrong with getting help, just like you said. We we all need it. Uh, we all need somebody to talk to. Sometimes we don't even have to be depressed or anything. Just just talking to somebody, especially you know in a time like this when we all have to stay in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just think about what our teenagers may be going through, our children may be going through right now. So I, I would say to parents, you know, observe your children. If you see these signs, just don't always think that it's typical teenage behavior or that it might be growing pains or something like that. That's another one, too. They may have a pain somewhere on the body and, and may not even be able to find out what's going on. Mm. You know, the doctor said, well, everything is good. It it could be that. Mm -hmm. And I I remember telling some parents there was a young lady that had having pain in the back. They couldn't find out anything. Mm -hmm. I asked them to give her a psychological evaluation. Mm -hmm. That might be where the pain is coming from. Mm -hmm. So they will have, so mental pain is also a physical pain. Yes. Because it can cause physical things to happen in your body. And then it, well, we can't find out anything that's going wrong. 
psychological evaluation. So, so I would say don't always take it as uh, to parents as typical teenage behavior right. because it's not always typical teenage behavior. And just talk to your children and see if um, you know you can find maybe what's going on and just be open with them and maybe you know encourage them to say we can do this together. I am mm-hmm. here for you. Yes, mm-hmm. and let, let's talk. And let's do it together. I'm not going to judge you in any kind of way. Boy, Miss Kathy, I'm telling you, I'm going to be calling you because you got some good word. You, you sound, Makiba, I may have a new therapist. I may have to. Uh, uh, wait, I'm gonna you mean sec- me? <laughs> I'm going to get a second opinion from <laughs> I might be calling cats. I don't know, but you know what? When we came out the yellow river car, somebody told me one time, I said, you're giving them to the to the youth, and we young adults need them now. Yes, so I yes. Said, right. yes. Right. I said, I may, I may need to call my friend and say, listen, I need to use my yellow river car. That means that somebody call you don't put me on hold. <laughs> I need to talk to you right now. Right now. <laughs> that's right. And I need you to miss them. You don't have to say anything back. Just listen. Just listen. Yeah. Sometimes that's... That, 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 that,
you don't have to, you know, but that, please, parents, do not ask your children or anybody what are you depressed about. Mm. That's not good. Mm-mm. And then that's when they're going to really turn away and not talk to you. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Kathy. That's one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Kathy. No, and I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, and I'm glad that you're saying that because that language in and of itself is accusatory. Well, what are you depressed about? That, that already puts them on on the defense because that sounds like, well, what do you have to be depressed about? So, no, you're absolutely right. And you're actually the first person that I've heard to say that. So thank you for putting that out there. Yes, yes. Please don't ask them that. <laughs> and that's for children and adults. We don't ask anybody that. Absolutely. That's right. So you you do uh, presentations and uh, workshops, facilitate, uh, I see, for uh, religious community groups. You know, we talk about uh, sometimes that, uh, you know, in our churches, which is where this this conversation should be taking place a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, that, uh, you know, people, he just need to go to church or she just need to go to church more. They need to pray more while we uh-huh. do advocate, you know, prayer. Definitely. You know, God is in charge of everything. But sometimes uh, along with that prayer. You need to go see someone professionally. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I agree. I agree. Pray first and then go see somebody or do what you need to do to get some help. And sometimes they do say, all you got to do is pray. Right. Oh, gosh. You know, and that, that's another thing. Please don't tell anybody all this. Just help them get help. And this is what I talk about. This is probably personal right here. But I think about sometimes, and we probably all have people in in the congregation, but we attend church, who who may be dealing with some type of depression or mental health issue. And sometimes those songs that we sing, Mm, mm, and and nothing wrong with the songs, but sometimes we have to think about it. Yes. No more more crying. No more sadness. Yes. No more, you know, I know because I sing them, but... Sometimes I even think about when we're singing them. Mm. Who in here is feeling depressed and say, okay, do I want to go on? Because mm. I won't have to deal with this pain anymore. That you is, know, oof, that is so... I mean, mature enough to, to handle that. I think about that sometimes. I know we're not going to stop, but I think about it sometimes with people who are in our congregation. And maybe especially young people who are maybe suicidal. Mm-hmm. And then we we hear uh, about no more pain and no more sadness, no more crying. Mm. I never, I I never thought about it in that sense, wow. uh, Kathy. I I have, uh, I, I think I shared this with Makiba before. We were shopping in in the store, and uh, uh, what's that song? Till I see you again, you know, because I've had the, the, the loss of my dad and my brother uh, uh, yeah. in that way. And I mean, I started bawling like a baby right there in the middle of Walmart. And, yeah. if, and if, if if she didn't put her arm around me, boy, ain't no telling. I may have ran out in that parking lot, <laughs> you know, and yeah. punched somebody or something. I never thought about how, how triggering you, you, you're right that music and those songs can be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. but I, I mean, I know we're not soft and we, we believe and, and we know, but I'm just thinking about somebody who yes. suffering. Yes. And, and feeling like, you know, I don't want this pain anymore. I want I just want it to go away. Absolutely. And, and then and then when you're talking about it in the context of, of church and spirituality, if you are not having deeper 
conversations about emotions and mental health with your children, what it can come across as, and this is how it came across to me as a child, was life, you know, as far as from a spiritual perspective, is about enduring suffering. And you're supposed to get through this life, and it's supposed to be hard. And if you make it through it, then after you're not here anymore, that's when everything gets better. And like that's what I was kind of taught. And, and then, you know, when you're thinking about slavery and just all the other things that mm. we've been through culturally, I mean, that really adds up for people of color to always be feeling like, you know, with the police shootings and social injustice, that everything is just about suffering for us. And hey, we're just supposed to just endure it. No, we, we, we're breaking the silence today with uh, Miss H. Kathy S. Williams uh, out of Durham, North Carolina, uh, do all types of things. But Kathy, I mean, if people we're we're in Georgia, uh, I'm sure you don't have a problem traveling or doing some things. Uh, I know you want to help as many. You're working with Dr. Alfie. And uh, so if people wanted to learn more or find out uh, that if they wanted you to come and, and, and talk about your experiences or do some type of workshop training, how could they find you? Okay, they can they can call me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind nine one nine two two five seven four four eight, and I will travel. I am retired and I love to go. Mm-hmm. And so again, my number is nine one nine two two five seven four four eight, or they may email me at k williams six two six eight at aol dot com. And they know that they know my age by the AOA, all right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this is so wonderful. We thank Dr. Alfie uh, McKeever for sure for introducing us to Kathy. And I'm yeah, sure Kathy. this won't be the last time because uh, mm-hmm. it, it talks about, you know, she's recruiting and training and doing whatever it takes to eliminate the stigmas and myths oh, yeah. associated with mental oh, health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we Don't thank want you. to happen to anybody else. And Dr. Alfie, you know, I prayed for her. Yes. And Dr. Yes, he did. Put a big and, uh, in your life. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I was like, you know, I was, she would do that clinical part and I would do that mother part. Mm. And that's how we came together. And we've been together since uh, 2007. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. She was here in North Carolina at that time. Sounds like a good partnership. You're right. Clinical part and mother part. Yes. yes. That's right. (laughs) We go together. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much again, Miss H. Kathy S. Williams. Thank you, Makiba. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Boy, I love it. Thank you. It's Black Middle Matters. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Vincent and Makiba. I appreciate it.